Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 254, and today we've got another hot seat session. And I have my good friend on, Chris Schaefer, and uh, I've got a lot of feedback from the past episodes that we've done hot seats. A lot of people saying, love them, keep them coming. And uh, that's what we're going to do here. So uh, this one here is going to be about some failing products, a couple of products that uh, she feels are failing. And her name is Kate, by the way. But she also, what I love about this, uh, this little hot seat that we do is she has a couple of products that she feels are not doing as well as she'd like to. And maybe she should give up on those and maybe, you know, start a couple of new ones. And she really has a new plan and she wants our advice on that new plan. It does have to do with selling on Amazon. It also has to do with some additional sales funnel stuff. So we're going to actually map out an entire sales funnel for her that you guys can follow along with and possibly you can use that in your business depending on where you are. Now, the other cool thing about this, and some of you know this, but Chris and I did a live event not too long ago and uh, we had 30 people come to this live event. It was very limited. We, we limited it to 30 people. We wanted it small. And we had 10 hot seats. So of those 30, we had 10 people come up for 30 minutes each, and we broke down their business or any struggles that they had at that time. The cool thing about it is everyone in the room was able to engage and really give their thoughts. But what Chris and I are doing here is we're able to do a hot seat and really, again, kind of get our exercise in, if you will, with our brain muscles. And uh, we, we just love doing these, but it also gets us in shape in a sense to where we're going to be doing another one here in November. So if you want to uh, attend one of those, if there's still tickets available, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash live for, for all the information. And if not, if there isn't tickets available, get on the wait list because if anyone has to cancel last minute or whatever, we can always go back to that list. Now, there is only going to be a very, very limited number of seats, so I would say definitely head over as soon as you listen to this, and hopefully there will still be seats available. We're going to have two days, and what we're going to do here is day one will be exactly what we did the last time. We're going to have 30 people, 10 hot seats. The second day will be half of that. It's going to be 15 people in a room, and that's going to be a little bit more next-level stuff, or if you want to do a 10 both, it will be like, Day one and then day two, but day two will be more of sales funnel, mapping out your business, your plan, and really putting it to work, really hands-on type stuff. So if you guys are interested in that, and again, if it's already sold out, you can still go there, register, there could be a cancellation, or you can also attend the next one after that when we announce that. So when you get on that, that list, you're able to be notified of any upcoming ones that we do in your area, all right, or if you want to travel to that uh, that city, all right, so uh, really, really excited about this and excited about this hot seat that I'm about to share with you because it was really, really good, and I think you're going to get a ton out of it. One last thing, if you guys want to download the show notes or the transcripts, head over to this episode, and that will be theamazingseller.com forward slash 254. Again, that's the amazingseller.com forward slash 254. All the links, the show notes, and transcripts will be there for you. So, guys, what do you say? I can't wait for you guys to hear this. It was really, really awesome. So, enjoy this hot seat that we did for our good friend, Kate. Well, hey, Chris, what's going on, my friend? Another day that we get to spend together talking about this Amazon stuff. And today we're going to be talking about an exit strategy and some sales funnel stuff. What's going on, man? How you doing? 
I'm doing great, man. The sun is shining for the first time in weeks. It finally stopped raining here in my new home base. Well, that's why I like South Carolina so much. The the, the sun has been shining almost every day that I've been here so far. A little, I'm a little jealous. I mean, I get, <laughs> I'm getting a little bit of sun, a little bit of sun in between all of the rain. But that'll go away, and then I'll be nice. I'll be nice and toasty all winter long, just like you will this year. Oh so, yes, yes, yes. Love to hear it. I, you know what? I'm pumped. I'm excited. I love sales funnels. I love talking about this stuff and we get to do another hot seat Yeah, and we get to kind of expand on some of the stuff that we've talked about in the past, which is cool as well. Yeah, ap- absolutely. And you know, this was another, uh, listener that, uh, emailed me and I get a lot of people after we do these hot seats, by the way, that say, Hey Scott, can I be the next hot seat? You know, and we can't do it for everyone, but we really want to make it useful, helpful, obviously to, you know, the person that we're, we're helping here, but then also enough, I guess, of us discussing this to give more value to other people that could be thinking about this or challenged with this stuff. And I know one of hers that we're going to talk about is not just an exit strategy to get out of the business. We're talking about an exit strategy to like get out of this product that you launched because it's not doing as well as you thought. Um, and that's a common uh, thread that people say, like, I, you know, I didn't really know as much as I know now and I want to choose a different product. How do I get rid of the current product that I have? What would you do? So really talking about that stuff. But yeah, I, I love talking about this. I know you do. So uh, let's kick it off. Why don't you, uh, may, maybe you want to go through the email that I received and then we can kind of break it down. Sure. And, and we're actually going to start, Scott, I think with the exit strategy thing, the Amazon thing. And the email we have here is from Kate Lee and she says, on your podcast, would you please address an exit strategy plan for people who have mistakenly selected products that are losers? <laughs> Presently, I have two products that are slow moving. There's a great deal of demand, but in my opinion, too much competition. My ACOS on pay-per-click ranges from 46 to over 100%. I've looked at long tail keywords, vendor express, liquidators, and right now I'm testing lightning deals. Can you please address the topic of an exit strategy? I think it'll give people assurance that even during the worst case scenarios, there's a sound plan. So, Scott, what are your thoughts on an exit strategy for those kinds of products? Well, I think what she said and what she's doing is pretty, pretty good, right? If you have, and this is beautiful, actually, if you have a lightning deal, which now, now, for those of you that don't know, most of you will have this feature to where if you go into your promotions tab, you'll see a little a little drop down that says lightning deals. And depending on how long your product has been there, depending on how many sales you've had in the past, it will show up. And if it does, you can then get that approved pretty quickly. I think it's within a week or two um, to uh, to have a lightning deal go. Now, in this case, uh, you're going to have to really think about like, do you just want to break even? Do you just want to get a portion of that money back? So how much are you going to discount it? It'll usually give you a recommendation of how much they want you to discount it in order for it to be a good deal. That's why it's called a lightning deal. Uh, so I would say I would run with that if I could just to try to get out of that inventory to get some more money back into the into the business so you can start using that for your additional products. And I know we're going to talk about this with the sales funnel because she's got a really great idea and plan moving forward. And I just want to let people know, like, just because you launch a product doesn't mean it's going to be a winner, okay? And number two, if you launch that product and it's not a winner, I'm using the air quotes, Chris, uh, then you can learn from what you did and you can clearly see, and we're going to kind of go through some of this stuff too, how she has evolved uh, through this process. And now she really has a better understanding of her, her overall plan. Uh, but she's learned a ton and uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I would say the lightning deal, if you have that available, definitely take advantage of that. Like definitely take advantage of that. That would be number one. Uh, 
The other thing is lowering your price, whether you have a lightning deal or not, to see if that can get you um, sales at least to just get rid of the the inventory that you have. Um, Chris, what's your thoughts on those two things that I just brought up? So I, I think both of those are great, right? The lightning deal is obviously the great place to start if you have that inside of your listing, right? And most people do. And the thing that's kind of funny and annoying to me at the same time is that Amazon has never picked the product I want to run the lightning deal on. <laughs> they always pick the other products, right? right? Right. You don't have control over that. But if you have that as an option, absolutely run it. It's a great way to move some inventory really quickly. You know exactly how, you, how much you're going to make on every unit because you set the price. So if you set it to a break-even price and try to just blow everything out, you can do that, right? Yeah, yeah. I think the other thing that's kind of interesting here, and, and we hear this all the time, and I just, I just want to kind of reiterate it, is it's kind of hard to have an absolute failure on Amazon if you've done your research on the front end. And Kate here has the demand, right? She sees that there's the demand in the market, but it's probably overly competitive. And, and I would agree with that in uh, at least one of the markets that she's in, in, in the products that she showed us here, and probably the other one as well. I think she can still make one of these work at least in the short term. The other one I would probably do something like the lightning deal with. Um, and Kate, just for your reference, that's the less expensive one. <laughs> yeah. Right. You can do the the lightning deal with that and try to, to blow out that inventory at a break even price. I think that's a great strategy. As far as the other one goes, it would depend on how much inventory I had in stock, Scott. I might try to do another giveaway to boost that. Uh, or I would take a look at PPC. And she said her, her ACOS ranges from 46 to 100%, right? 46% sounds, in, in most cases, like it would be right around break-even. Does that sound right to you as well? Yeah, well, I think it depends on the, you know, on it. Obviously, it's going to depend yeah. on how much she makes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but it, yeah. If, if it's close to break-even for her, I would pursue those keywords, right? right. Take, take a look at those search terms and see if you can test and tweak and improve upon the ones that are making you sales either slightly profitably break-even those kinds of things, because if you can drive, there's obviously demand on those search terms. So if you can drive your rank for those specific search terms, you may be able to start to get some additional and you do have a, a, an okay number of sales. It looks like you're selling a couple a day on that unit as well. So if you can increase that, you're going to either break even or even come out with a little bit of a, of a profit, which, which Scott, I know you have talked on the podcast in the past about the product that you selected that you consider to yourself to be a quote unquote loser because it wasn't as successful as most of the other stuff that you've, you've launched. And you were even able to make that come close to, to making a little bit of money, if not just above break even. Is that correct as well? Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's totally paid for itself. I turned off pay-per-click after I figured out that, you know what, I'm just not going to put any more energy behind this thing. Uh, you know, and I mean, even the couple hundred units that, uh, that are still in stock, I'm selling a couple, uh, you know, every few days. Uh, but, and, and I'm not really discounting it that heavily. So I'm kind of just like seeing what happens. I do have a lightning deal that I'm hoping to run with this as well and kind of do a similar thing to what you're doing. It's only a couple hundred units, but those couple hundred units really have already been paid for uh, because of the other sales that I got with, you know, the first, I think we ordered six or 700 of those. So, and I did a, a very small giveaway with that. Uh, so, it's already, the money that's already coming, you know, that already came through the door is pretty much already paid for the inventory and any storage fees or any of that stuff. So to me, it's kind of like it, it I'm going to get that money back. And when I get the money back, it's going to actually, that'll be part of the profit that I'm getting back now because that other kind of paid for the product. So again, I don't look at that as like a huge failure, although I learned a ton. And here's the other thing, the sales that you did get through that people, not everyone, but some people left 
feedback, not reviews, feedback on your seller's account. Well, that does help you as well. And I know some people say, well, that doesn't really help you. I don't really care about that. I disagree. Um, I think the more that you can get feedback naturally and, uh, and, and really have Amazon see that you are a trusted seller, it's going to help you, especially in the future when things get even a little bit more crazy with people that are starting to get, you know, banned or slapped because they're trying to they're, they're trying to go after and, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, fake reviews or feedbacks or any of that stuff. That's where you're going to rise to the top. And it's kind of like building that authority website. Like if you have a website that's been around for 10 years or you have a domain name that you just bought that's two weeks old, the one that's 10 years old is going to have more history. It's the same thing with a seller's account. Same thing with an eBay account, right? I believe that that does help you in the future with uh, launching future products and, and ranking. So again, that that product that might not have sold as well as I wanted to, I still got benefit from it for building out my seller feedback. Does that make sense, Chris? It does. And you know, Scott, there's a kind of a third option here that we haven't talked about, at least for the one product that's getting a couple sales a day, and that is do nothing, which it, it kind of seems like you did with that product that we were talking about of yours that, yeah, that was yeah. kind of a failure, right? Just let it let it trickle along. I mean, obviously you can blow it out at break even, but if you're getting a couple sales a day, you know and you can project out how long it will take you to, to run out of inventory. And chances are the price that you have it listed at on Amazon probably making you a couple bucks. So it may be worth it if you can recoup that money and you're not, you know, tight on capital. You don't want to start kind of fresh, which it doesn't sound like she does. She's kind of already picked two other products that she wants to build both on and off of Amazon from from the rest of this email that we have. But if you're not strapped for cash and you're not trying to blow it out to get your money back right away, you know, chances are you can actually come out of it with a profit if you give it a little bit of time. Yeah. And, you know, let, let me just jump in there, too. And again, like you had said, like and it was funny, I was talking to uh, our good buddy Dom Sugared the other day, and we were kind of talking about this uh, kind of same thing as far as like when you're launching a product even, like is it is it worth it to continue to go after pay-per-click in the beginning uh, or is it better to do another promotion? Like which one is better? Because you're really paying in the beginning for the pay-per-click and you're not making a ton because you're you're new and you're you're still trying to feel that whole system out. If you're looking to rank quicker, is it better to do another 50 or 75 or 100 giveaway? You're still giving the product away, even if you're doing it at a steep discount, and you're still getting some of that money back, but then you're, you're, you're able to get on the map. Um, and if your listing is well-optimized, which we had recently found by us doing, you and I both, doing a launch together and seeing that we didn't use any super URL or anything like that, we just did a, a good promo about 100 units, and we seen that we we really did start to rank for miscellaneous keywords and some of the keywords we were targeting, um, and it just took a little bit of time because we were optimized. And that's um, the key, Scott, and not to not to completely cut you off there, but I'm going to oh, cut please you do. off there. Um, <laughs> but please this do. Is something, this is something that I see I need my TAS coffee. Group. I got to go take a sip of coffee. Go ahead. Cut me something off. Something I see in the TAS group all the time is like, oh, I'm in day two of my promo, and I'm not ranking for my main keyword yet. The key ingredient in that is time, right? Mm -hmm. And that's something that we tend to forget because this works 
significantly more quickly than most other business models, right? You can start to see right away whether a product is going to be successful or not. When you start to see those organic sales come in, we get really excited and we go, oh, well, why am I, I not number one? And, and Scott, you and I both do that too. Sure. Not to say that we're above that, but we have to remember that time is the key ingredient there. When you're doing that giveaway, you're not necessarily going to rank that day. No, You might move up the day after or three days. And actually, I'm still seeing movement. We stopped that giveaway a week ago and I'm still seeing movement from that. Uh, upwards, yes, right? Yes. And, you know, it's a week later. And it's just whenever Amazon re-indexes for that search, that's when you start to move. So Yeah, yeah no, I, I like that a lot. And again, I mean, you with, with doing a giveaway, you're sure to get the sale or credit for the sale. If you're doing pay-per-click, you're not sure of that. So if you're looking to just blow out the units, you might want to just do a promo and then, you know, blast them out that way. And even if you wanted to charge you know, for that, instead of doing like a dollar, do it for three ninety seven and see how many you get, you know, try different review groups, maybe do, you know, three different ones. Um, and, and, you know, go at it that way. Um, that that's what I would probably say. Um, again, if you still want to go after that market, um, in some way, then use the pay-per-click as data. Um, but it sounds like you want to get out of that and kind of move on from what I'm seeing. And, you know, she did share, you know, her uh, product with us, which we're not going to share here. So we can totally see that it is going to be in a new direction and she's pivoting. Um, and she has a great plan mapped out for, um, that next product line. Um, so is there anything else you want to add on the exit strategy? I know we had, she had two products that she was kind of referencing the one product, um, that she was, uh, again, looking at, you know, could she, you know, should she blow this thing out? Um, you want to talk about that one real quick about the one that I think she can stay with Yes. or yes. Yeah. And that, that's the one that's already selling a couple a day and that might work just to kind of leave alone as well. If you want to try to make a little bit of, of profit there, but I would probably do uh, another giveaway with that. If you have the resources to do it and you're still going to have inventory in stock. And the reason is, you know, there's, the, the top selling guys have thousands of reviews, right? And you have a handful, basically. Um, you know, I, I would go after that kind of aggressively. If you think you're interested in, in continuing to sell that product, I definitely think you can make it work looking at the other listings. And I would say, Scott, and you and I took a look at this market. And one of the, one of the biggest things that I noticed that's a difference between your listing, Kate, and the listing of kind of the, the top selling guy was the the main image there, Scott? And can you jump into what your thoughts were on that really quick? Well, I think that her images are great. I think the listing is great. Um, so she's definitely got that down. Okay. So again, as we talked, right? We, I don't know what this looked like the day you launched, but it's definitely uh, really, really solid right now. So it's clearly not. I don't believe it's pictures. It's anything like that. I think the problem with that particular. Uh, you know, that particular product is that it's very, very competitive. It's like, again, it's equivalent to the selfie stick, right? It's like, it's like, there's just so many and they're, they're all like identical. Now, what I, what I, what I said to you, Chris, before we got on here, as we were kind of going through this is the one thing that I would say about this, uh, this, you know, market or any market that you go into. And we talked about this a little bit with Greg Mercer as well. When we were talking about split testing and stuff, it's like, how do you stand out? And, and, and I'm looking, you know, you're scrolling through as we're talking here and, you know, all of them really look the same. 
you know, some could be a different color and, and that's a good strategy too, to make your stand out, but then everyone else is going to start doing the yellow or they're going to do the blue or whatever. Right. But the one thing that stands out to me out of all of these, and this wasn't a sponsored ad was that someone put their box of the packaging inside of this, uh, of the main image. And that really stands out to me. And it looks really professional, looks really, really good. So I would probably say if there was anything I could do differently is I could model that. But if you have to go get like new packaging and stuff, I wouldn't probably go through all that trouble because you just, it's just, you're taking a chance that that's going to help you. But that is one thing I think that you could get eyeballs um, on your listing and anyone listening for that matter. Um, It's like the box is like kind of like it's black and got a little bit of gray in it. And with, with a shot of the image, and then it's got like a yellowish uh, accent to it. And we talked to, to Greg Mercer about this, and that's like a great strategy because you can show the box. And on that box, on the very front of it, it gives you some benefits to it. Uh, so, and cl- uh, Chris, as you're clicking in there real quick, so I can kind of read, but I'm not going to read it, but it basically, you know, it talks about the benefit right clearly in there right? It gives you those benefits and we talk about benefits. Um, so again, I think, you know, Kate, you have down the listing, all of that stuff, you've got it nailed down. Um, so I don't think that we're talking about here, you making improvements to the listing. I think the, the, the listing is spot on. It's perfect. Um, I think the problem is, is again, we're going after that selfie stick in a sense, right? It's not a selfie stick, but you get what I'm saying. It's the, it's the garlic press. Um, so what we want to do here and you already have by looking at your plan for the second part of this that we're going to talk about sales funnels and stuff like that and building out a product line. But right now, I would probably, you know, see what happens. You're going to be heading in the fourth quarter. This could be a bump for you. Um, but, you know, I might do another small giveaway maybe to try to boost the rank. I'm not sure I would go too crazy with pay-per-click because it'll probably be very expensive. I would just probably keep what you have going that's working. Um, but I would probably do another small giveaway just to just to try to kind of get myself ranking and then just set and forget um, is what I would probably do unless you have like thousands of units in stock. Um, so Chris, do you want to add anything to that? I'm not even sure I answered the question that you initially asked. No, the, the question that I asked you was, was about the listing photo. And I think there are a lot of things that are great about the listing, but I'm curious what would happen if Kate, you were able to model that other photo that we were talking Mm. about, because I'm willing to bet that your PPC costs would probably go down. You're you're probably going to get more people on the listing, which means you're going to convert higher, right? Um, or you're going to convert more, not necessarily at a higher rate, but you're going to convert more. Um, if you can't emulate that photo because you don't have that kind of packaging, it's great. But the reason that I brought that up, Scott, is the guy that has that photo has the same exact product, the same exact product as two other people in that market on the first page. Yeah. He's selling it for twice the price. Yeah. And he's selling thousands a month. (laughs) Packaging, right? right? It's added value in that space and everybody has the same style of photo. So when you're running your PPC, you only have, I I pulled up the listing, you have 50 reviews. A lot of people on the first page have a couple hundred or even a couple thousand. Um, doesn't really give me a reason to click on that because you look like everybody else. If your listing stands out, like Scott was talking about, you may actually be able to do that without having to do a giveaway without having to really change anything. I would say that it's worth a test. Uh, if you have more than a handful left in stock, yeah. So, so Scott, let's let's recap the the three exit strategies that we talked about. Uh, the first one we, you talked about was kind of the lightning deals. Yes, I right? think that's I think that's low hanging fruit right there. 
the second one was kind of a relaunch, mm-hmm. right? Where if you want to make a go of the product and you have the inventory still in stock, you do kind of another another small giveaway and kind of test and tweak your PPC. And then the third one is if you are selling and you're okay with waiting a little while, just let it sit and let it sell out. If you're selling a couple a day, you will eventually stock out and you're going to stock out and make even a little bit of profit as well. Is that an accurate statement? Yeah, I would say, yeah, I think that's, I mean, everything we covered and I think that those are your options. And uh, again, I mean, it looks like though Kate has really learned a ton through this process. So again, I don't look at it as, as a loser or a failure. Um, you still have a couple products listed right now. Um, just again, I think as you're evolving yourself, you're starting to understand a little bit better about a market versus just a product. Right. All right. So Scott, the second half of her email here, well, actually the first half, but the part that we're going to answer second, just to confuse everybody. Yeah. Right. Uh, is about a sales funnel. Right. And can you just kind of cover what a sales funnel is really quick for everybody? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, anyone that's brand new, a sales funnel is really a sales process that you're creating for someone to go through. So imagine uh, you find, uh, you know, you find your ideal customer. Okay, and then you present them with something that gets them interested in that product or your products or that market. All right. So I kind of I've used this in the past, like, you know, fishing. So if you were going after someone that was interested in fishing and you found a Facebook group or a fan page that was all about, you know, fishing and you had products in that space, like a fishing pole or, or, you know, maybe, you know, fishing line or hooks or lures or any of that stuff. That would be your, that would be, and I, and I call that on one of my episodes, like that's your pond of fish, right? That's where your, that's where your, uh, your customers are hanging out. So your job now is to attract them with, and you know, it sounds kind of bad when you say, you know, with bait, but that's really what it is. You're just trying to attract the fish to you because you have what they want. Okay. Um, and then for us to be able to then take them through a process by educating them, And then by also giving them more value, but then also showing them products that match up to what they're interested in. And that's really the basic, you know, I guess, overview of a sales funnel. Now, I talk about this in episode, uh, let's see here, it was episode 230, and I cover three types of sales funnels. Well, we're going to kind of cover a little bit of that today, too. But that episode, I really really just broke it down for the three types of sales funnels for your business. Um, That was episode 230. I'll put that in the show notes to this episode, but that one can be directly found at the amazingseller.com forward slash 230. The other one, which we'll be referencing to a little bit too, is our good buddy, uh, Mike Jackness, who uh, he has a seven-figure business right now um, on Amazon and off of Amazon and primarily off of Amazon. And it's all because of a sales funnel. It's where he's taking Facebook ad traffic and then turning that into dollars um, in the colored pencils market. But um, again, that's another great episode. That was episode 219 that I had him on. I interviewed him and just a great, great guy and just a, a wealth of knowledge. But a basic, basic concept, really. I mean, it really is. So that's what we're going to be talking about here because uh, she's very interested. And then I think after one of those episodes, she's that, you know, that's kind of what got her wheels turning. And now she's really built this plan and she kind of wanted to run it by us and see what we thought. So that's what we're going to be doing here. Okay. So let's, let's kind of jump in and, and look at what she has, right? Yeah. She has two different products, a couple different variations of those products that are going to be coming in uh, here fairly shortly. Actually, it looks like one of them is already in, and the other one is going to be coming in here next 
Wednesday from when we're recording this. Um, she said, you know, my initial offer is to do some giveaways. I plan to start with a contest and then later develop a blog. So she's creating an off Amazon strategy here. Yep. She says the latter takes time and my new products are coming in soon. So I have to fetch the low hanging fruits first. So Scott, in terms of a funnel, in mm -hmm. terms of starting to generate that off Amazon traffic, is this a good way to go to start? Do you think, and what are your thoughts on her plan as it's laid out? here. I, I like it. And I mean, just to kind of give people that, uh, you know, a little bit of an, of an overview of what she's talking about. And, and I really like this strategy. And Chris, you and I both talked about this, something that we're going to be implementing as well. Um, but again, let's kind of go in the fishing market real quick, right? Let's say, for example, right now, maybe I don't even have a product to sell to the fishing market, but I want to start building an email list in that market. Well, I can go find like one of the top rated fishing rods and a tackle box and fill it with some, you know, really cool lures, right? And I can then post that on Facebook in one of these Facebook fan pages or these groups. And I can say, you know, through Facebook ads, I can target these people and I can say, hey, enter your name and email address to win this $300 value or $400, whatever it's going to cost, right? Whatever it's worth. Um, we're going to be raffling off this complete fishing set. Uh, you know, brand new 2016 model or something like that. And you're going to get a whole bunch of people that are going to enter their name and email address because they're interested in this market because we're targeting them. And we have all these emails. So let's say in seven days we run that. Let's say that we get 500 people to register. And then from there, we're able to send the winner an email and say, congratulations, you won. And you might go buy these products separately. You might go buy them at your local store. And then you just ship those products to those people. It's a real, it's a real giveaway. It's a physical product. But second part of this is then you can follow up with the people that didn't win and you can say, hey, thank you so much for, for entering the contest. Sorry you didn't win, but uh, what we want to do is give you guys 25% uh, off our new product or your product that you currently have or maybe your product line or your store and give them an incentive to want to go buy from you immediately. And this will help recoup the cost of the spend. Even if you only get a few people to buy, that's going to offset your ad spend. And now you've built a list of 500 people that are interested in fishing poles, fishing lures, tackle boxes, and all that stuff, right? So now we're entering into that market. And this is exactly what Mike Jackness did in the coloring pencil or the colored pencils and the coloring book, adult coloring book market. And it worked really good. He built an email list of over 30,000 people um, in this. And from there, now you can follow up a few days later and say, hey, we just posted this uh, th this new fishing style to catch, you know, bass quicker or whatever, right? And uh, hey, go check it out on our blog. And then you send them to the blog and you give them useful content. And that's what she's talking about, a content strategy as far as coming up with like five or 10 really good uh, posts that help educate in this market. And what I really like about her plan, just to kind of jump off here a little bit, what I like about her plan is the first two products that we just talked about, about the exit strategy, it's kind of hard to do what we're doing here with those types of products. Right. Okay. The products that she's looking at now, a lot better. Okay. A lot better. But uh, that's, I guess, just my overview on that sales funnel. And that's, again, letting people understand that that's how you can build your external channel and start bringing people through your sales funnel, um, even on the very, very most basic uh, you know, sales funnel, which is that exactly what I just outlined. And I think that's great. And Scott, one of the things, and, and you touched on it, is you're trying to build this email list. And, and using free giveaways to do that is a great thing to do, especially if you can go after the fishing market and say, 
you know, okay, I'm going to give you the world's greatest fishing package. You're going to attract anybody who's interested in that stuff and you can start marketing to them. And anybody who was at TAS Breakthrough Live in Denver heard me yell this into the microphone like six times. Your email list is your single biggest business asset, mm-hmm. right? Those are people who have raised their hand and said, send me marketing stuff, right? And long term, those are the people who you have instant access to anytime you want. Unlike even like a Facebook audience, right, where you can build a fan page with 100,000 followers or 100,000 fans on Facebook. And any given post that you put on there is going to reach 2%, right? Right. So 2,000 people. Right. If I have an email list of 100,000 people, I can reach 100% of them, right? Mm -hmm. Now, not everybody's going to open, but if we can email 100% of those people and they all have at least a chance to open it, right? If you get your 10, 15, 20, 25% open rate, which is fairly typical if you're sending good email marketing, that's 25,000 people versus 2,000 people. And if you can put a product in front of them that they're interested in, you know, hey, check out our new lore, check out this, uh, you know, that's when you can run your, your Black Friday special on, you know, fishing vests and all of those kinds of things. That asset long term helps you drive the funnel even beyond some of the advanced things that you can do like driving paid traffic into the top end of the funnel where they're buying something directly, right? Having that email asset long term is extremely critical to making your your off Amazon stuff work correctly and for the long term. Yeah, no, I, and I agree 100%. And again, that's, uh, you know, that's what we talked about at the live event. And, you know, it, it totally uh, it resonated with a lot of people. They didn't realize it. But then once it did, it was like that light bulb went on. Understand that and it's funny. I just literally um, got done uh, speaking to uh, one of my neighbors who actually uh, we met actually before we even got here. Uh, my wife just got done with a walk. And, um, you know, she's I didn't realize this until later, but she's, you know, she's got a pretty good following um, in, in, a, in the blogging world and in, in a certain niche. And um, I'm kind of helping her and guiding her a little bit. Obviously, I told her to go listen to the podcast, but I'm kind of I'm helping her a little bit um, as far as like what she could do with that audience because she's got a pretty good size audience. And it was funny because today she says to me, she says, you know, I just really want to get this Amazon thing going. And I go, you know what? Time out for a second. If Amazon sales come for you, that's bonus. You've got an email list that you're going to be sending stuff to and you're going to be creating helpful videos and tutorials and all this stuff around what you're selling, all you need is a true thousand fans. And if anybody has not read that post, go look up true thousand, true 1000 fans and you'll find the post that was written. I forget who it was written by, but what it basically means is if you find the thousand fans or thousand people that read your stuff on a regular basis, you'll be taken care of for life. And as long as you're providing value. Um, and it was just funny because the mind shift is so different for people that are already having the following, but don't know how to monetize the following. Uh, the email list that they have, and they want to go to Amazon because they think it's going to be easier with the traffic, which it is in a sense, but you actually have a huge advantage if you have that email list. So what we're trying to do is get you to that point and then have the Amazon thing as a secondary thing as well. Does that make sense, Chris? It does. And that's something that you've stressed kind of over and over and over again. The reason that Amazon is so appealing and Scott, people have heard me talk about this in the past during hot seats as well. The reason that Amazon is so appealing is because they take care of 80% of the work for you. They have the audience. They have the website. You don't have to build those things. They exist. All you have to do is plug in a product, right? It's great for people who don't have an audience. It's also great for people who have an audience, but you can do a lot of things once you have that audience that you can't do if you launch without one, 
right? Yeah. So you can either come to the table with one and do a lot of cool things with email right off the bat, or you can start selling on Amazon and then start worrying about some of your offsite funnel stuff and build your audience that way. But either way, you're going to try to get to that thousand true fans, right? You're going to try to get in front of those people and getting their email address still. And I know this is 2016 and everybody goes, who reads email? Just about everybody still reads email. I guarantee you. And Scott, you check emails, what, two hours a day? Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I know you spend more time in your inbox than even most people. But guys, the first thing that most people, especially in America, do when they wake up is they roll over and they open their email on mm -hmm. their phone. Mm -hmm. It's terrifying to think about. They're probably not the thing that we should all be doing first thing in the morning, but it's what a lot of people do. It's just a habit for us now. Um, and so coming with either of those things is great. And Scott, you brought up your neighbor who's who's a blogger that has that. And I want to give a shout out to TAS Dallas uh, as well, because one of the people that I ran into at one of their meetups that they had, they had kind of a, a coffee shop meetup in North Texas a couple of months ago. Uh, and same thing, a couple thousand emails, uh, you know, tens of thousands of people visiting her website and she was focused on not being able to do PPC on Amazon. And, and it was funny because everybody at the end of the day was laughing because I said, you know, the same thing that I said a couple minutes ago, your email list is your biggest asset in the business. Mm -hmm. See what you can do with that. Here's a couple strategies. Here's a couple of ways that you can go about it. Um, and so she started doing some stuff with that and I believe she's had some success and if she's listening to this, send me a message and, and let me know if you've actually ended up doing some things with that. So Scott, in terms of the sales funnel, is this a good strategy uh, that she's laid out for us? You know, start with the giveaway, start to build that email list. And then after you have that list, you know, you've, you've given away, let's say we've done two weeks worth of giveaways and we have 500 or 1,000 emails captured at that point. We then send out an email and we say, hey, you know, here's the winner. Congratulations to Scotty V from South Carolina. Yo, for yo. Being our, for being our fishing vest winner. Mm -hmm. Um I think you were giving away a tackle box and a, and a rod and reel. I'm a cheapo, so I'm just giving away a fishing vest. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, Scotty V is our winner. Just so you guys know, we, we didn't forget about the rest of you, the other 999 of you guys that tried to take us up on this contest. Here's a 20% off coupon or 30% off coupon. You can buy the fishing vest on our site. Yep. Right. It's or you can send them to Amazon and do that if you don't have your own, your own site at that point. Does that strategy make sense for her? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, I think it's a good point to bring up that, you know, if you don't have a website to drive people to, uh, then you're going to drive people over to your Amazon listing. Now, some would say, well, that could also lower your conversion rate because some people are going to hit it and then they're not going to buy. And that is true. Um, but it's to me, it's it's still better than not sending that because those people are targeted. You're not taking someone that is just randomly clicking around. Right. You're, these people are, are highly targeted. So I would be OK with doing that. Um, I I would argue that someone in this case is more highly targeted than even PPC. Right. Oh, right? yeah. Because they've expressed interest in the exact product that you've offered. You're then offering them 20% off and they're going, yes, I'm interested. And then they get to the listing and they go, maybe, maybe I don't want to spend the $19. Yep. Right. Yep. Now, so, one, one other thing, let me just chime in here too. And this is going to be a little bit more advanced, but you know. That, that's kind of what I want to do here because it's just you and I talking about this stuff kind of gets me all fired up. Now, the one other thing that I would do, and it doesn't take a lot of work, literally it'll take five minutes, I would grab inside of my Facebook ad manager and I would create a, uh, a retargeting pixel, okay? And what that would do is it would basically track anyone that hits the page, whether they opt in or not. Opt in means if they enter their name or email address. So 
on that landing page, squeeze page, whatever you want to call it, I would put a pixel there and that would start to build an audience inside of my Facebook ads manager account of people that hit that page. And what that's going to do is, let's say I have a thousand people that hit the page, but I only have 500 people that actually opt in. Well, I can still target those other 500 people and retarget them with some more phishing stuff to try to get them back over to my blog. So again, sometimes makes, you know, you don't want to overcomplicate things, but sometimes just that one little thing, it's literally a snippet of code. You just put it on your page or have someone do it and it'll automatically start building that list for you inside of Facebook. Whether you use it right now or not, you're building a retargeting list inside of your Facebook ads manager. So I would definitely do that from the start. What about you, Chris? I, I agree with that 100%. And the the reason behind that is, you know, we talked about the email list and we talked about how powerful that is. And I ranted and raved about that for, I don't know, probably 20 minutes just now. I have no idea. And, you know, the, the thing that's kind of cool about that Facebook pixel, right, is it not only keeps track of the people who visited your page, but Facebook lets you say, okay, now we have this list of, let's just use the number 1,000 again because that's really easy, right? We have these 1,000 people who were clearly interested in the offer. You know, when I ran the original ad, I targeted Big Bob Loves Fishing fan, bo- fan page or whatever it is, right? Um, so I know that these 1,000 people are my target audience. Facebook then allows you to go and say, okay, I want to find people who are like these 1,000 people, right? And you can start to expand from there and use that as your base. So I, I love that idea, Scott. The only other thing, and not to complicate it further, but the only other thing that I would do is I would add Google Analytics as well so that you can start to track those people. And if you ever want to branch out even beyond Facebook, then you have that data as well. But those would be the first two things that I would add to any of those pages, whether it's a lead page, a ClickFunnels page, or your own website page, um, any of those kinds of things. I would add those two pieces of tracking so that you can use it, even if you're not going to use it right now, even yeah. if you have no idea what right. those things are. Yep. As someone who works in the e-commerce world, <laughs> please add both of those things. Because if you ever want to use that information down the road, you have to have it. It has to be there. Even if you don't know what it is, even if you have to hire somebody on Fiverr to put those two things on the page, go do it. Get it installed. Get it set up from the beginning so that you have the data if you ever need it or want to use it. And once you start to venture into this world, you're going to need it and you're absolutely going to want to have it as far back as you can get. It. Yeah. And before we move on here again, you got you, you I, I'm holding myself back here, Chris, because you know how we get excited about this stuff, <laughs> right? But I'm like, OK, so now here's one more thing and then we're going to move on, I promise. But here's one more thing, right? So now we have that that audience that's being built whether it's an email list or not, let's say it's not an email list. We have an, a list that's being then created inside of Facebook by that pixel. And then it basically takes those people and it kind of puts them on that retargeting list because they've been in that location, right? It's like they've been there, right? Well, now the cool thing is, is it's like a custom audience. Well, now guess what we can do? We can create a lookalike audience. Now Amazon or uh, Facebook is going to go out there and find people that match that criteria in their profile. And now you can then branch out to hundreds of thousands of people that match that type of person. So again, just wanted to throw that out there. There's so much that you can do just using Facebook in a sense to continually reach people that are your target market. No, I, I, I think that's great. So Scott, long story short on the sales funnel, does her strategy that she's laid out here work? And what would you say after she's done the giveaway should be her next step? Is it that email or is there something after that that you would suggest that she does? 
Well, I think you mean collecting the email. Is that what you so mean? So send it, you know, do the, do the contest, get all the emails for the entry, send uh, an email to those people yes. that says, Hey, you know, sorry, you didn't win. Scotty V from South Carolina did here's 20% off, right? Yep. Is that where she should kind of stop for now? Or did you have anything else that you wanted to dive into as far as a next step? The next step, if you can, is I would try to build out at least uh, probably five to 10 pieces of content that's that's on a blog. Um, and the reason why you want this is because when you when you first connect with these people, you don't want it to just be like once and done, right? You want to you have what we call a nurture campaign. It's kind of like where you nurture them along. You get them to know, like, and trust you. And, and depending if you're going to be the face of the business, it, it is a good idea if you can find someone to attach their name or face to the brand um, that has been known to do a lot better and uh, you know whether that's you or someone else that you know again if you're not if you're in the fishing space but you're not a fisherman uh, well maybe you want to find one and then you can pay them monthly to help you create lessons or whatever and they're gonna love it because they're gonna actually get a little bit of money to do what they love um, so again that's just, I think that's really important, but you can also hire a VA to go out there and find the the five or 10 top things that people are searching for in this market or problems or struggles or things that they need to know. And then you can educate them through those emails and create like a campaign that what I would do is like three to one. So for every three emails that you send out after that third one, you can then deliver a pitch, you know, something that just directly says, Hey, we've got a weekend special coming up 25% off of all of our gear, something like that. Um, but I would, even if you don't have all of those products to do that with, I would still have at least five emails to go out probably every three to five days to let them know that you're still there and to get them to know, like, and trust you through that content. And again, you can have a VA do that and have someone write the content for you um, that knows about that market if that's not you. But I think that's really, really important to not just drop the ball. And that's, that's, I was hoping that's the answer that you were going to give. I figured you would. You're a pretty smart guy. Um, <laughs> a lot of people will stop at that. Okay. We sent them one email, right? We sent them an email, 10 people bought it at 20% off. Now I'm going to wait six months before I send them another email. Kate, you talked about creating the content and how that's the long-term strategy. And it is specifically for something like organic traffic, right? If you're building your own website, you're trying to get traffic from Google and Bing and Yahoo and apparently Dogpile still exists, which I didn't know until the other day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but all of those search engines that are out there, right? They're going to start bringing organic traffic that you're not paying for, that you're not driving through your email list. It's going to start coming in. But before you even worry about that, you need to have some other things to keep those people warm because while the people, you know, while you may have had 10 people take you up on that 20% off from that initial email, there's still other people on that list who are maybe not ready to buy right now, who maybe didn't open that first email, who, you know, they added it to the cart and didn't check out. And that's a big one, you know, a lot of those kinds of things. So if you can say in front of them, you can say top of mind, not only does that keep them warm to your brand and warm to your other products so that the next time you launch one, you can reach out to them and you're going to get a higher uptake. But it also helps to pick up those people that haven't purchased yet. And there's an interesting stat that kind of floats around. It's like it takes five or six sales pitches a lot of times to get people to actually buy something. Mm -hmm. And you don't want, just want to send them sales pitch, sales pitch, sales pitch, sales pitch, which Best Buy does. Like if you mm -hmm. ever look at a Best Buy email, yeah, yeah. not to call you guys out if anybody from Best Buy is listening. Um, <laughs> They're coming after but, you. <laughs> but the only thing I've ever gotten from Best Buy is a catalog email. Right. They go, yeah. here's all of our products Yep, with a header graphic and all that sale. stuff. Yeah. Right. They don't send me content. They don't send me any of those kinds of things. I don't engage with Best Buy and therefore I don't have any affiliation to Best Buy. I couldn't care less 
about Best Buy. The only reason I'm going to buy something at Best Buy is because they have the cheapest price on something, right? Mm -hmm. It's not because they're a brand that I like. It's not because of any of those things. They haven't created that relationship, especially via email with me. Doing what you said, Scott, and launching this funnel before you even do the giveaway is when I would do this and find those five or ten most frequently asked questions. Um, and, you know, in the fishing market, it's going to be something like, what lure should I use to catch XYZ fish? Yep. Um, what, you know, is a carbon fiber composite, if that's even a thing? I don't know. Mm. I'm just making this up. <laughs> that sounded good. Uh, a carbon fiber composite pole, is that better than a traditional wood pole for doing this kind of yep. fishing? The three right? best times of the day to, to, uh, to catch, uh, you know, catfish. Right. And they don't all have to be these buzzfeedy titles, no. right? But if you go do a little bit of research into the market that you're looking at, you're going to start to find the things that people are asking about. And if you put that content in front of them, it's something that the people who are genuinely interested in your product long term are going to want to know if they don't already. And guess what? Let me just cut in. When you have that email list, you're going to get questions. Those start becoming content, right? Absolutely. And so having this in place up front gives you something to have those people do after that initial giveaway that lets you stay in front of them, right? So mm. it, it's, I would say launch it with five to 10 articles and kind of build from there. Maybe have somebody build you a list of other content that you can write, work with a VA like Scott suggested, or just, you know, ask people on Facebook. You can run an ad to that same audience and say, what, what's the number one thing that you want to know about fishing for trout or fishing for bass or whatever it is that people are fishing for fishing for marlin um and you can start to do things that way but it lets you stay in front of them and the other thing that you can do with that is okay so you're going to write an email and scott you mentioned like a three to one trade-off right mm. which is kind of the gary v jab 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 right hook yep. mentality yep where you're saying great book give, give give ask yep and that that tends to work pretty well I, I i'm more of a fan of like four to one as far as a direct sales ask just based on some of the stuff that I've done, it's going to vary from market to market. So three to one, four to one, doesn't really matter, mm -hmm. right? But let's say those first three were driving them to one of those blog posts, right? Anybody who's bought it, that 20% off, maybe not going to be interested. But since you're driving them to a piece of content, you can put calls to action in that content. You can put a sidebar like, you know, you guys have all seen them. You think everybody ignores them, but people click on them all the time. Those banner ads on the side you can drive that to your own product now, right? Because it's right. your website. Right. So the email list allows you to get eyes on that page. You can then advertise your product there in a subtle way before you even go after something like another direct ask via email where you're saying, okay, here's the product again, just to put it in front of you. You know, we made this change or it's 15% off today because it's Cyber Monday. Those kinds of things are a direct ask. You can do a lot of those things and you're going to pick up incremental sales just by having a link to it inside that blog post. Because if that's the one thing that that person needed to be sure that your fly fishing vest was the fly fishing vest for them, because the three best things about the fly fishing vest are that it has Velcro fasteners, uh, a zipper on it, and it holds more than 10 flies. You know, those are the three things that make a fly fishing vest a fly fishing vest. And your fly fishing vest, I'm saying fly fishing vest a lot. Your <laughs> fly fishing vest is the only fly fishing vest on the market that has all three of those things. If they now know that, they realize because they're in the market that th that's what they're looking for and they have a way to buy, they're going to buy at that point. Mm. So you're staying in front of them, you're staying relevant, you're giving value, and you're also giving them the opportunity to buy the product that they truly want yes. at that point. Yes. Does that make sense? It, it makes total sense. And you know, I think that's also going to lead us into... Uh, we're going to wrap this up here. We've been going on for quite a while here, but we want to want to just kind of 
make sure everything is really laid out. But the one thing I want to cover here real quick before we do wrap this up is, you know, she, she has, Kate has a lot of different things here for, for uh, differentiating the products, which I think is great. Okay. But the one thing that I would like for Kate to do is to almost niche it down a little bit more and make your product line call out certain types of people. And it's hard to say without giving away um, the product, but for an example, uh, you know, we can talk about the colored pencils because Mike Jackness has talked about that. But like we could say we're going to sell just pencils or just colored pencils or watercolors or whatever, right? Like we're going to, you know, paint or whatever, right? We're not really calling out a, a, a certain market or a certain person, but by doing it in a way that you are calling out the adult coloring people, right? They want special pencils. They want to learn more about that because they're into creating better art. Uh, it's relaxing. There's positive, uh, you know, there's positive things that it does for you uh, mentally and physically by relaxing and de-stressing. It's not just about the coloring. So there's so many different things that we could wrap around that if we were talking about that like Mike does. But in the same breath, you know, if you have something that's just like a pencil that just allows you to, you know, just write a note, there's not a lot of content you're going to build around that, right? If you're selling to someone that buys office supplies for their, uh, you know, for their business and you're going to buy sticky notes, like, does it make sense that you're going to build content around sticky notes? So, you just have to understand that you want to be able to find a way to niche it down. And you and I both talked off air about how she could do that, um, but because you were actually looking at something uh, a long time ago that was in a space that could be very broad, but you found a way to really niche it down. And again, we're talking about fishing uh, publicly here, so let's just say it was fishing. Well, if we were into fishing, we might call out, those certain types of people that are fishing for certain types of fish. Or I talk about guitar playing. If we're talking about guitar playing, it could be classical guitar. It could be rock guitar. There's two different people there. Um, so I think, Kate, what you need to do is figure out who you're going to target and what the benefits that your product is going to deliver. I have an idea, but I think that you should be able to think through this yourself. It's a good exercise for everyone. Think about what it is that they're going to be using your products for and how it's going to help them and benefit them and how you can create content around it. So Chris, does that make sense? It does. And I think, I think that ends it right there. I don't want to, I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> yeah, right. <It's> beautiful. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, it, it's true. And, and I think that, you know, if people understand you're not just, you know, out there selling like a product, you're selling the benefit that the product has to the user of that product. Um, and, and, you know, it's one thing to say, well, I'm just going to sell a bunch of these products that are just, you tear it out of the bag and you use it. Right. That's like, you know, I got to buy a new cap for my gas can. Right. Well, I'm going to buy that. I'm going to screw it on. We're done. But if we're talking, I'm not going to build a market or I'm not going to build content around like filling up your gas can, right? It's just not going to happen, right? No one cares about that. But there's people that are selling, you know, miscellaneous products like that and they're, do, they're doing okay. And that's fine if that's the strategy you want to go. But we're talking about building a sales funnel so you can create an email list, so you can then nurture that list, so you can have those people keep coming back to your blog, keep consuming your content and then being led back to uh, a possible sale. Um, and, and that's really the whole thing in a nutshell. So Chris, is there any last 
little bits that you want to add here for Kate or anyone else listening that's that's thinking about a sales funnel or anything? I think I think you nailed it with the niche thing, and I'm going to disagree with you for a second. I feel like Lee Corso might be offended um, about you saying there's not any content about pencils. Wasn't he a pencil salesman? One of the <laughs> one of the guys from that that morning show used to sell number two pencils. Um, but you know, there, there's a lot of content for anything. But I think the real hint there is that you have to pick a niche, right? It's not fishing. You're selling to fly fishermen or deep sea fishermen or um, boat on a lake fishermen. I don't know what a I would call that regular fishing, but I'm sure there's a technical fishing term for it, right? Where you have a little bobber and a line, right? That's just regular fishing to me. Um, but you have to find those people. And by talking specifically to those people, rather than saying, I'm a fishing company. No, we're yes. a fly fishing company. Yes. You not only generate those thousand true fans, but it becomes easier to create products and content that appeal specifically to those people. Because you don't have to talk about the best rod and reel for deep sea fishing if you're pitching to fly fishing people. You're going to talk about the best flies. And then guess what? You can create a whole line of flies for fly fishing. You're not spread out. And you're actually going to generate more value both to and from your customers in terms of sales, right? So go yeah. for it. No, find, I, I find love your it. niche and go for it. I love it. All right. So, I, I mean, we went on for a while here and we always do this. I mean, we could talk for probably another hour, but we're not going to do that today. Uh, but we are going to wrap this up. I want to say, Kate, thank you so much for uh, for emailing us and allowing us to share this with everyone. I hope that it's been valuable to you and to everyone else that's listening. I do also want to uh, put a little reminder out there. By the time this airs, we should have our page live, which you'll be able to register or be on a pre-notification list or maybe register at that time for our upcoming live event, which technically right now, as I'm recording this, we haven't officially announced it, but when you're listening to this, it should be officially announced where it's going to be. And we are going to be in Arizona and it's going to be November 5th and 6th. And what we are going to do there is have another TAS breakthrough live event there. We're going to split into two days this time. The first day is going to be exactly like we did it before. We're going to have 10 hot seats with 20 uh, attendees. So it's going to be 30 people total. And then the second day is going to be more about this type of stuff. So all the details, will be on that page at theamazingseller.com forward slash live. You'll also see a highlight reel from our last event. Uh, we are really looking forward to it. We love doing these hot seats. That's why we're doing it here again today. As you can see, we get pretty excited about it, and uh, we we uh, we sometimes we can't get everything out that we want to talk about. And that's why being in a, a room with people that are are action takers that are thinking about taking their business to the next level or brainstorming. It's really, really powerful, and I would definitely urge you to go on over there and, uh, and and register for either attending or just being notified of the next live event because, again, we're doing these periodically. We're, we're not sure as far as the schedule. Right now, our next one will be in Arizona, and it will be November 5th and 6th, so definitely go check that out at theamazingseller.com forward slash live. So, guys, that's it. That's going to wrap up this episode. Chris, we're going to we're gonna close this together today. I'm going to I'm gonna close it the way that I always do, and I want people to remember that I'm here for you, and I believe in you, and I'm rooting for you, but you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Chris, you got to say it with me, too, on the count of three. One, two, three, take have an awesome, amazing day, guys, and we'll see you right back here on the next episode. Thanks a lot, Chris. Come on, Chris, say something. Oh, I thought we were done. <laughs> Anytime, Scott. Anytime. Uh, all right, later.